this is Big D, Little D. This is our podcast. Uh, we're lifelong Connect fans. Lifelong. Lifelong. So we decided we've heard all these people talk about the Canucks and whole bunch of stuff like analytics, you know, Corsi and stuff. And we are sick and tired of that. We just want to talk straight as fans to fans. And this is our thing. Yeah, I get a lot of people asking me, you know, my opinion on Canucks. People that know me that or you know, know that I'm a passionate Canucks fan and people that don't know me or, you know, recognize me. Maybe they'll ask me my opinion on on the Canucks. And so that's uh, what this that's what we hope this show is going to be all about. topic we're going to discuss is the penalty kill yeah uh historic going back to last season under travis green uh historically low like bad penalty kill uh on pace last year under green to be the worst penalty kill in the history of the league uh improved somewhat when boudreaux came over the biggest changes was uh putting a, a guy like uh elias Pettersson on a penalty kill quinn hughes on the penalty kill Rather than the uh, third and fourth line uh, players who, you know, back who back in my day, it was always the third and fourth line guys were your penalty killers. And, yeah, your defensive players. Yes, right? and, so. and now it's changed that. But uh, it's still bad. This penalty kill is still historically bad. Uh, it's the same personnel they had under Boudreaux last year. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Well, so, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Their defense. Their defense is bad. And this year particularly... It's not even the defense. Demko is not uh, bubble Demko. Well, right? so, uh, they always say your best penalty killer is your goaltender. Yeah, and he's not been, you know, the best player. He's had uh, difficulties for whatever reasons. I don't want to get into it. I have my opinions. I'll share them with you guys later. But uh, that's 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 the thing. And the other thing is, I don't want Quentin Hughes, Quentin Hughes on the penalty kill. You know, he's a great offensive yeah. player. Defensively, you know... Let Shen on there. Yeah. Let a OEL. You know, even Myers. You know, uh, now they got Ethan Bear. You know, get those guys on the penalty kill. I don't want to see Quinn Hughes on there. Save him. He plays enough. You know, save him yeah. for the offensive stuff. Right? And, and my issue with those guys on the penalty kill is you want penalty killers blocking shots. Do you want Pedersen and Hughes and guys like that blocking shots? They're not going to. Uh, well, well, they I, might, but... Uh, I noticed uh, highlights of the Edmonton game last night. They showed uh, Connor McDavid scoring on a on a shorthanded goal, and they're like, "Well, that's why you put your best players on the penalty kill." And no, you're not supposed to. You put your best players on the penalty kill to kill the penalty, not to score. You, you put your best. You want to kill the penalty. You don't put them out there to score goals. Your your objective is to kill that penalty off, not score goals. So uh, there's no need to have your best players out there on the penalty kill. My 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 other thing is. Why is JT Miller on the penalty kill? You know, he, he might be good off, uh, you know, on the face off or something, but this year he's just been so bad at turnovers. You just, you know, I don't want to see Brock Besser on the penalty kill. You know, there's so many people that you like, I don't mind like, uh, you know, putting your fourth liner on there mm-hmm. because they know that's why they're in the league for it to prevent goals. They'll do a good job. You know, give your top guys a little rest. You know, maybe with their last, you know, 30 seconds, okay, you put a Patterson or somebody else. I, I like Horvat. He's good on the face-offs. But other than that, you know, 
uh, Horvat and Miller are awful penalty killers. They're just not good at it. They're good at face-offs. At That's the face-offs, the, uh, yeah, yeah. but not and at they, killing penalties yeah. itself. Yeah, once once they get the face-off, just, you know, Back get to them the bench. Out. Yeah, and get, get, you know, the fourth-liners. You know, there's, it's pretty simple to me what you got to do. And first of all, you know, you got OEL playing with, I don't know who it is. Now he's playing with Ethan Bear. I think he's playing a little better, right? You got Myers. You put him with uh, somebody like Burroughs. He plays a little better. Yeah. Right. If you need to, as a second pair defenseman for your uh, what is it called, put uh, Myers on there. And right? Stillman can kill penalties. Stillman, uh, I'm not sold on Stillman. I'm thinking, you know, if you have a choice between Stillman and Burroughs, I oh, obviously, don't. right. But I, I mean, the only defenseman I really don't want killing is Hughes, right? And well, maybe Myers. My my issue with Myers is he's so big and gangly and tall. He's just he gets a puck stuck in his feet too much. If he played a simple game, uh, it would be, and and the penalty kill is simple. Just get the puck down the ice, right? So. Well, you gotta also they're so they don't force the puck, you know. They just sit there, let them just move it around, move it around, and if one guy actually goes after the guy, pressures him, the other guys are just standing there, so it's an easy pass to the other people. So I don't know exactly what's going on there, but. It's just like they're all out of sorts. Though, so. I'll take a, a gamble at it. The thing I think with the Canucks penalty kill is they're either... Most teams try a diamond formation, and they're either too tight, which meaning they're too tight to each other and into their goaltender, or they're they're too high, meaning you got one... there's You got that high penalty killer close to the blue line. And that was fine back in the day when you had... To, the power play had two defensemen on, like McInnes mm-hmm. and... Uh, and Suter passing the puck back to set it up. That one guy could get a lot of, uh, get that long stick and maybe get a breakaway. But with the way penalty, with the way power plays are now, I think you got to, you, you can't be too tight and you can't have a guy up high. I'm not even big big on that diamond formation. Uh, I haven't looked into it anymore. But uh, whatever it is, it's not help. It's not working for the Canucks. Well, the other thing is, uh, your fourth liners don't play much. Get him on there. I, I I have no problem with that. At the last thirty seconds, forty seconds, or whatever it is, later on in the penalty, you want to put in your uh, what is it called? You know your stars, your full uh, full Horvats and uh, what is it called Pattersons in there. I I'm I'm okay with that. You know maybe with the less than you know ten seconds or something, put a Hughes on there. But other than that, I'm like just let the you know the stay at home guys. Kill the penalties. Absolutely, yeah. the Jack Stadnikas. Those guys make their. That's how come those guys are in the league. They make their living at yeah. at checking and and killing penalties. Yeah. You know, we we can go back to my era. A guy like John McIntyre. John McIntyre played for the Canucks, and I mean that guy just made his living killing penalties. Like that's a defensive player who killed penalties. Like that's how that guy's career was. That's how he made his living. And somewhere along the line, I'm I'm a Canuck fan. I've never heard of John McIntyre in my life. <laughs> I'm just serious. I haven't. Uh, uh, that's how much I pay attention to penalty kills. It's usually the you know Saddlebowers and the Tony Tantes and you know those guys. You know, you know like Harold Snaps. You got a guy, a guy like Harold Snaps back there. You know he's gonna clear the front of the net. That's Shen does that. Yeah, He'll clear the front of the net. You know whatever. But you know that being said, the penalty kill is not gonna get any better. And the one of the big reasons I think is they never improved their defense, right? 
I mean, Ethan Bear is good. I, I like that addition. Riley, uh, I'm, I'm not sold on it. Well, my b- big thing is, is this is why they signed a guy named uh, Mikheyev. Now, that guy's a tremendous skater, probably the best skater on the team. He had four or five shorthanded goals with the Leafs last year. The whole point of, of signing that guy was to use him on the penalty kill. I haven't seen enough of him in Toronto. I don't watch Leaf games, so... What? Yeah, no, I know. Unless wow. you're playing the Canucks, right? But, you, you can't miss a Leaf game. It's yeah. all over TV. But uh, I haven't seen enough of this guy play to, to see that. But I know he got injured in training camp, and he's, he's off to a late start. He's about a month behind everybody. You Have know? you seen him on the penalty kill? I, I, I haven't I, seen I, him on the penalty I, I, kill. I, I, I've seen him sporadically, not very often. I've heard the chat that people saying, like, get this guy on the penalty kill. You know, that's what he was brought in for. And he killed penalties with the Leafs. Yeah, well, well, I, I think, he, um, you know, a fast guy like that, and he's good defensively, yeah, give him a shot. Right. right. The other uh, topic I want to get on to is Patrick, Patrick uh, not Patrick, Thatcher Demko. Sorry, I can't read. So uh, let's, let's, talk, let's talk a little bit of your thoughts on that. Well, why, why is he struggling? Well, I was a goaltender myself. Were you? For many years. Not very good. Okay. You know. Yeah. I mean, so I, you, you're like Patrick. Uh, I would jump Pat, out of the... Why do you keep calling Patrick? Thatcher Demko. Yeah, uh, I call I'll just call him Demko. I now. call him uh, Thatcher is his last name. But um, no. Uh, Demko is his last yeah. name. <laughs> you know. The Cal- okay. We might be a little drunk here. The, the, the California kid will call him from San Diego. Okay. Um, yeah. He was really, you know, that, that bubble year in Edmonton was his best. I mean, he, he couldn't get anything by him. Last year, he was good. This year, you know, he started off bad. And I know confidence is everything with a goaltender. And it didn't help that they kept losing and losing under him. Um, You have a couple of bad games, uh, give up some bad goals that cost your hockey team the game, and you're right back out there. And and when it it just, it snowballs. And I would have, if I was coaching, I would have made some changes in goal early there to try and keep keep that from happening with him last year what what i what i noticed when he had a bad game and he got a day off right he got a day off and he worked with uh the goaltending coach I don't ian know clark it, yeah ian clark so and he come back he, he's a lot better mind you early in last year he had some tough games he got seven goals scored against yeah. uh what's called avalanche last year so he had some tough starts last year as well but after he worked with ian clark he used to come back a little better a little better a little better and then he got the confidence then he just like stood on his head again but my my main concern with him is they they're they're playing him too much I, I know they don't have full confidence in their backup right but you know there's a reason why he's your backup and so when your goalie struggles you go to him right so well when it comes to playing too much you can never play a goaltender too much back in the day goaltenders played 65 70. You know, even yeah. you're playing 80 games. Yeah, but the goaltenders nowadays are like huge. Right? Yeah, but and the style doesn't, you know, I've always been a proponent of playing goaltenders more. The more you play them, the the better they're going to be. Like when they're struggling, you can't always play out of a, you know. A slump like a slump. that? Yeah, you can't play out of it all the time. And I'm like, if the guy's struggling, give him a couple games yeah. off and you say, hey, we're going, you're still number one, but we're coming back to you. Get your stuff, you know, work with the goaltending coach. And goaltending coach, unless the goaltending coach is saying he's good, and then I don't know, maybe if the goaltending coach is saying he's good, you know. I'm sorry. Right, so. We can edit that out? No, we can't. Oh, okay. It's going on. Um, right? <laughs> but uh, speaking of goaltending coach Ian Clark, like everyone says he's great. 
I went to hockey school years ago at, at the University of British Columbia. Ian Clark was the instructor. Um, I was young then. I don't, I don't remember much about him, but my issue with Ian Clark is you see him at a training camp uh, and he's gelling his hair. Like, this guy's a goalie coach, man. It's like, you know what? You're on the ice. You don't need gel in your hair. Like, what kind of guy? That tells you how vain the guy is and how he thinks about gold, oh, goaltending. I'm old school. I'm old school where the... Let me get my point across. I'm yeah. old school where the goaltending coach was like a Clint Malarchuk in Calgary at the time where you would have that banter. It wasn't about, you know, the, the X's and O's down on the ice. A goaltending coach's job was to talk to that goalie, get in his head where you could understand each other because you played the position. Nowadays, it seems it's role to, to be to be more, you know, X's and O's down on the ice. No, my thing is, like, I didn't realize your, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ian Clark. <laughs> no, forget that. I've had the Yankee, uh, what is it called, guy, Steinbrenner. Oh. And you got to cut your hair and you got to do with that. I don't care if he has gel in his hair. I don't care what the alley does. As long as he gets the goalies playing well. And for the last couple of years, uh, he had Markstrom playing well. He's got Demko playing well. This year, I don't blame the goaltending coach at all. I think... My personal opinion, and this is just my opinion, and take it for what it's worth. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got it, so don't get all bent out of shape, right? So, he got married. He's got, when you get married, you got other stuff going on. And I don't want to say his wife blaming is tripping. His wi- blaming I, his wife for well, performance I, I, this I, year? I'm blaming my wife. That's all I know. I blame my wife for everything. So, so maybe that, but no, I'm just saying, when you go home, like... You you have other obligations. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to take out the garbage. When you when you're a single person, you don't always have that. You you can do whatever you want. And the best point about that is when he's in the bubble, he has nobody. He's just dialed into hockey and he played the best there. Yeah, you got a right? point there. He played right? his best hockey with no distractions, right? Exactly. So, so I'm not saying you could live the whole NHL season like that, but I'm just saying maybe that's a little thing. That's just my little, you know, two cents. I don't know if it's worth it, but, you know, you know take it for what it's worth. Oh, Let's, the way he's played this year, it's worth trying something. Any, you well, know. you know, I'm glad he got, well, I'm not saying I'm glad he got injured, but he, he's got some time to rehab, to get his head straight. And it's all in know. his head right now, right? Like one bad goal leads to, Next thing you know, you're down. It doesn't help that he doesn't got anybody in front of the net. You know, you got the last goal that he got scored on him. Four shots, and the defenseman didn't touch the puck at once. Giving up early goals. (sighs) Early in the game, early in each period. It's a it's a it's a a trend that goes back to not just last year, but it goes and not just under the the green uh, uh, Jim Benning regime, but this goes back a lot of years with the Canucks. And you're constantly playing from behind. And whether they're, you know, my dad and I will debate, well, is it the goalie's fault? Is it the team's fault? Are they not ready? If they're not ready, is that up to the coach? Is that up to the players? But it's consistent happening far too often in Vancouver. Uh, so, so, so that just tells you there's... Uh problem with the chemistry or maybe they should shake up the team a little bit you know get rid of some of the people on the court just to you know bring in new blood that's yeah, what i think yeah because when when that's happening and you're not ready i mean that the coach can get you ready and it, i mean it was the same under green right they weren't ready so uh there's an issue there i just think it's preparation i think it's exactly like you i think it's the players i think it's lack of preparation or, or lack of taking things serious 
The uh, country club uh, thing that everyone's talking yeah, about. Yeah, and this game of soccer, how they warm up, doesn't help either, right? So <laughs> Everybody does it. Don't blame soccer. Well, no, I'm blaming soccer. So. Hey, it's World Cup's going I'm on. I'm blaming no, soccer. No, no. It's football. It's football. I'm going to get somebody complaining. It's football. It's not soccer. Well, anyways, whatever it is, they're not uh, prepared to start the game. Uh, well, I, I think... It's killing my, his team. My 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 uh, sense is you gotta you know as much as I like Horvat and I like it if he has to go just to shake up the team, you know you got you gotta change it up. You can't keep the same thing. What's that? What's that thing where they say you keep doing the same thing? The and, definition of insanity exactly. is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting, and expecting different results. Exactly. That's that's what it is. So the same players. I love Horvat. I wish that he could stay here. He's a great captain, great person. On the other hand, you should get a lot for him. Well, this is turning into a Horvat. But they did that with uh, Miller last yeah, year. And they but got this nothing. is getting into a Horvat situation. Our, deci- our, our thing was historically bad starts. Yeah. Now, uh, Who's you, the captain? Well, you got a little off topic there, Peter. So, yeah. uh, sometimes I have to you know, okay. reel, reel you in here. You know. Yeah, but who's the captain? Bo's the captain. And he's supposed to get the guys ready? And Lead he, the guys, he, the, yes. Yeah, but, so. but Bo's not always the guy on the ice when that happens i just think that you know i guess if i knew i don't know i mean what why it happens but it's it's lack of preparation i think is the biggest thing and um because it's happened uh, you know in this organization for more years than it should have so you can't blame the coach no you can't it's not a coach's fault so uh, who's left the players the players and the players aren't prepared yeah so why aren't they prepared? Is a different coach? They're not. Uh, so then you got to change, shake it up. You got to change, get rid of the you know core group here. You know yeah. you got to shake it up. Maybe keep a couple of them. And... They have to be called out on it. They yeah. have to be called out on it. You know they have to be. If they're not uh, if they're not ready to. They have to be accountable, and there's no accountability. And I think that's what preparation is. Is it's accountability, and there's no accountability in this in the, in this organization. Well. Uh, I I agree with that, but I think they got a new general manager, and as much as people don't realize it, it's Patrick Alvine. It's not Jim Rutherford. Well, Alvine's know? the general manager yeah. per se. Yeah, but who's making the but, decisions? But every every time you hear the general manager, and then they always say, "Oh, it's uh, Rutherford, right?" But Alvine's actually the guy. He might be a puppet, whatever you want to say, but you know, well, it's an interesting fact here about uh, about Rutherford is people talk about the success he had in Carolina. Uh, they made. He was there for twenty seasons as general manager. They made the playoffs five of those twenty seasons. They won a Stanley Cup. They won a Stanley Cup one yeah. of those five years. Yeah. But there's means fifteen years where they didn't make the playoffs. He 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 won his uh, yeah he won a, a Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh. But I mean that was a that was a different. You got Sidney Crosby and Geno Malkin and Chris Letang. You know I'm not so sure on on this guy's success. You know people just talk about his uh. success when you go fifteen out of twenty years and not making the playoffs. How many Stanley Cups does he got? One in Carolina. And how many in uh, Pittsburgh? Well, that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, Two. yeah, yeah. Two? So three? he got three. Three. Three out of 20. That, well, that's, that's great. Yeah, but he yeah. wasn't in Pittsburgh for 20. Yeah, okay. Okay. But well, I know that's just my issue on, on that guy. No, I, I, I have no problem with him. He's old school now. They're saying he's analytic and all that stuff. And I have no problem with that. It's just, it is what it is. I think it starts from the top down, you know. And I don't know. You got different uh, general managers, same problem. So is it the owner? Is the owners telling him what to do? Because they said they were going to, you know, strip it down. But, and then go sign JT Miller. 
and they're under the cap gun again and you know well speaking of being under the cap my big thing is is you hear a lot of people it, it doesn't matter what the cap is, if you're under the cap next june next july this it's the off season you can be you can be over the cap you you worry about that next year when next year rolls by when you're looking to make improvements to your hockey team i don't look at what's this guy's contract going to be in the ne- next summer summer of 2023 and there seems to be that's an issue and 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 an issue I'm going to go on a rant here. Yeah. An issue I've had with Mr. Rutherford. Oh, we tried to do this last summer for D. We tried to do that. Well, you can try all you want. But you can get if you want to get a deal done, you can get a deal done. Just like this guy we're going to talk about named Tyler Myers. Yeah, let's talk about him. Well, it's easy to... That guy's there's teams... Surprisingly to me, there's teams that are interested in him. I've heard Toronto was interested in Anaheim. Or not Anaheim, sorry, uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. What I had heard was the Ottawa deal was nixed by the Ottawa player not wanting to come so. to Vancouver. Yep. You'd yep. have to, uh, to move this guy, you'd have to either A, eat some salary, or B, throw a kicker in, meaning a draft pick. I'm not so sure of that. I would eat a little salary to get rid of the. I'd do whatever it takes to get rid of this guy. It's one of the worst contracts in hockey. Not the worst. That goes yeah. to my buddy, Mr. Darnell Nurse. Oh but, no! Don't, don't go but, on Darnell but, Nurse. No, well, okay. we're not doing Darnell Nurse. We're talking Canucks. Tyler Myers. Well, that uh, yeah, that guy. He's big and tall. He's not fit. You know, he's a giraffe. He is, but he reminds me a lot of Dan Hamhues. How? How does he remind you of Hamhues? They're totally polar opposites. No, it doesn't bring any offense. Oh, doesn't okay, bring okay, any. Okay, doesn't bring it. any uh, defense to the game and not physical. A player has to contribute somehow. Eating uh, up minutes doesn't is not. When he gets physical, he gets in penalty trouble, right? Yes, so, absolutely. But when he isn't physical, he gets in penalty trouble yeah, as well. So but I mean, doesn't make it's, any it's to a point the guy brings nothing to the game. What does he bring? Like, does he bring energy? You know, he doesn't bring a thing to the game. You know, uh, what is he? How does he contribute to the team? Uh, he's not very good at his own end, and he's not doesn't put points up, yeah. and he's not physical. So we, those are your three attributes a player can bring. But if we know that, everybody in the league knows that, it's going to be harder to move him, right? But there are people that think that he's effective, uh, an effective player. Yeah, they will take him for, like, for a Stanley Cup run or whatever, but he's got two years left on his contract. It's going to be hard to move. I mean... Well, you, that's why you're going to have to either throw a, a well, pick in or, or, or retain salary. I, 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 don't, I don't mind a pick, you know, because they did that with, uh, what's his name, uh, Dickinson uh, earlier in the season. They threw in a pick it. Yeah. Pick, which I wasn't too sold on with that but either. It's but it's moving salary. But, and I would rather throw a pick in than retain salary. I probably said earlier I'd rather retain salary, but I'm allowed to change my mind. Yeah. Because then you move out that contract. And you, then you it's still, gone. Yeah. That's, I, I would and you're that. better. And then he doesn't have to play and we don't have to watch him give the puck up. And you hey, know. I don't even care about the... He gives up the puck. It's the stupid penalty sometimes. Yes, it's just but, like... And he gets into... But when he's placed with, uh, what's his name, Burroughs, he seems to be better. Uh, people talk about this guy and his size. Well, first of all, he's tall. He's not a big guy. He's tall. He's built like a basketball player. He's thin. He's skinny. And those guys have he always... He's got girth. No girth. <laughs> and those guys without girth like that, uh, tall, skinny guys always struggle. I don't care if you're a forward or D, you always struggle. Put Eat a couple of pizzas, sit around the couch... And uh, put some weight on. Like you? Like me, yeah, just you, like me. You, you should be his trainer. Exactly. Yeah, because exactly. Uh, he would be a better player if he was uh, 15 or 20 pounds heavier. I, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, 
Tyler Myers, I don't think you're going to move him, so I don't even think it's worth talking about it. Unless, you know, come trade deadline, he's all of a sudden playing really well, then you might be able to move him. Oliver Ackman Larson, you're not going to move him. You got him. Use him. Proper spots. He's not. He's not going to be your fourth line guy or third line. Third line. Third pairing D. Yeah, he's not. He's got to be second or in the first well, pair D. I right? like that. So, it's a good pairing with him and Ethan Bear. Right my, now, my yeah. my man, my boy Bear had the second highest ice time on the back end last night. I didn't know you yeah. had. <laughs> he's my favorite. My favorite Canuck. Is he your favorite Canuck? He's right my now? favorite current Canuck, and okay. it's not just because he's First Nation. I love how the guy plays the game. He has fun. And he try he has fun out there. Okay, uh, let, we were supposed to talk about Tyler Myers. We got sidetracked into Ethan Bear. Okay, uh, let's go into the coaching thing. Well, uh, he, I got no problem with the coaching. He was good last year. Uh, what was that? What was that chant they were saying? Uh, Bruce, there it, it is. Bruce, there it is. So I have no problem. It's the same coach. Yeah, he's doing the same thing. It's just the players maybe not responding as well. He, no, I, I I blame I blame the GM. I'm sorry to cut you off. I blame the GM and the what is it called president there. They didn't they didn't improve the D, and you knew if if everything stayed the same, Demko was good. They would be better, but Demko, you know, had a you know, he's off his game right now. He's not saving their ass. Like they still gave up like 30, 40 shots every game last year. Because Demko was the difference. In yeah, winning exactly. and losing those games. So you you can't rely on the goalie. Well, that's and, what Jim Rutherford said. You can't rely on the goalie, but but he never improved the defense. No, he didn't. So. And I'm a huge Bruce Boudreaux fan. I love the fact that he plays a an up tempo, you know, offensive north south game, trying to score goals. None of this sitting back, and the, you got to look at it. They the front office talks about stru- structure or lack of it. Basically, structure is uh, just another word for they're, they're not playing well enough defensively. The st- structure, then, you, then you're criticizing your coach. You are, and that's what yeah. it is. But, uh, and yeah, I get it. They didn't hire him, so I, I but get that. Also, but also, uh, this team isn't built for that kind of hockey. This team is... No, they don't have the... Uh, they, they're not guys. built for, for a defensive hockey. This team is built to play offensive hockey. And I think that's clear when you watch under the green and then you watch dirty on last year, that they're a team that's built to play offense. And front office can complain about Bruce's lack of structure all they want, but you have to have a team that can play that. And I, I've been very critical that they haven't been behind Bruce. I mean, look what he did last year. He turned this team around and they almost... Because he realized the players he has, he, that's the way you got to play. Well, also, that's right. how Bruce coaches. Yeah. But so. how management didn't support him last year. This is a coach that almost made the playoffs with a train wreck of a team. Yeah, I, I can understand why he only got a one-year contract. Because they gave Green, what is it, a five-year contract? They didn't give Green a five-year well, well, not them, but the general manager at that time gave him a five-year contract. Personally, I didn't like Green no, to begin no, with. But I, and I, I, I know Trevor Linden's your boy and everything. He was a part of that. And I'm sorry, but that goes a bit on him with, uh, what's his name, uh, Benning there. So, Well, I guess right now, uh, looking at it, there's times they could have, if they're going to relieve Bruce of his duties, uh, there's been numerous times they could have. No. I think that the Canucks, uh, several times, the players on this roster have saved his job. I guess I look at it right now. Is he going to get fired? I'm less certain now than I was a month ago or even three weeks ago. I don't think so. Uh, but I think what what is the purpose of firing the coach and bringing in another interim coach, you know, for the rest of this year? I don't think you're going to get who okay. you want to, to, to 
you know, be your long-term coach mid-season like this? Well, personally, coaching, I like, I think is you just don't got the uh, defenseman. And, uh, the goaltending is okay. Uh, it's not great. But the goaltending made Boudreaux look good last year. Yeah, it made him look but great. But I do, so. that being said, I love the way the guy plays. I like he, the way he, the Canucks are playing offensively yeah, this year. Yeah, well, that's right. how Bruce, Bruce coaches yeah, so. a game that is, as a fan, that is fun to watch. Yeah. It might not win play shut down playoff hockey, but man, it's, it's I don't, exciting I, to watch. I don't think they're ready for playoffs. Anyway, no, exactly. So so if they make it to the playoffs, great. I'll be happy. But I'll the, be happy. The biggest thing is expectations are so high, and and expectations were high with Bruce, and I expected uh, I them to start off better than they did losing their first seven, but. Yeah, the the fact that they held leads all, all those games is just like that was that's the most frustrating but part about it. Bruce is, you know, I'm a big big fan of his. Always will be. Um, I hope he can save his job this year. As I said, I think if he was going to be fired, he would have been fired. I don't see the purpose of firing him now. You're not going to save the season, so just run run him out for the rest of this year and see what happens. And and if you want to make a coaching change come the off season. You can do so, but uh, let Bruce keep his job. All right. Uh, last thing I want to touch on is this thing about Brock Besser, right? They were going to make him a healthy scratch on Cancer Fights Day. His dad is, died of cancer and all this stuff. I thought that was like in poor taste. And I know I I get it. It's Boudreaux's, you know, decision or whatever. Luckily, he pay, uh, played, and then you find out later from uh, was Elliot Friedman, they gave his uh, uh, agent, agent, you know, the uh, the right to go and facilitate a trade, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? You, that's basically giving up on the guy. You're diminishing whatever else you could get from. Basically, you're saying we can't trade this guy. He's untradeable. You guys try to make work out a deal. Well, to start with, I've never understood how if a team can't move a guy, how can his agent? But that's 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 so stupid. It is, and and I'm a big fan of of Brock. Um, I guess we're all we like Brock for the story, you know, and and we feel for him. And but the bottom line is, this guy's a one dimensional player, and that one dimension is scoring goals. And if he doesn't score goals, I'm not I'm not even talking about Brock Besser. I'm just saying. The general manager and the president just like saying this is the second time this year they let the agent say tell the agent you go find a facilitator trade and we'll do it. Basically, you're not going to get nothing for the guy. No, every team knows this that. guy's a first round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now, now even if you got a trade offer, you're going to get nothing. You got you're going to get cents on the dollar. You'd be better off at this point just to hold on to him. Well, now you can't. You have to hold on to him now because. You've just said, we don't want them. Yeah. You guys uh, trade them for whatever you guys can get. It's it's just like the second time they did it with DiPietro. That's a different situation. But still, you gotta, you're gotta. you the general manager. You make the deal. Don't yeah. say, oh, the agent will let yeah. you guys, you like guys I, come back to us. Like I said, I've never understood how that works. How, how can an agent make a deal? You know that. Uh, well, agent goes in there basically. He's begging, please take my uh, uh, player. General right? manager yeah. doesn't do that. Yeah, but no, the general manager is different. He's like, I want to, I want that player. I will give you this guy. He's not like, oh, yeah. take Brock Besser. Give me whatever you want. Give me a bag of pucks. You know, maybe he said that, but I don't know. Maybe they're gold plated pucks or whatever. But I, I just think that's a bad tactic, and they've done it twice this year. And I'm like, it diminishes what you're going to get for that player. You, we got basically nothing for Di Pietro. Uh, what's his name? Stanika or whatever his name is. Yeah, or, and a guy playing in the in Sweden. 
Yeah. And, but look at Di Pietro's now playing in Maine in the East Coast. Yeah, League, whatever, so. whatever, you know. Stadnika, a... I'd rather Stadnika than... But no, I understand what you're saying. It's... Uh... I just didn't like the way it's handled. Like, if you're a general manager, you make the deal. Well, you, don't, yeah. you don't give it to the agent. Oh, oh agent, you make yeah. your own deal. What, what's going to... Uh, uh, Pedersen's uh, agent come. You know what? You let that guy... Oh, I got a deal for him to go yeah. to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, you I know got... there's there was so much fanfare coming in with, with Boudreaux and 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 the new front office and and Rutherford in particular and and I'm starting to wonder about Rutherford now. Uh yeah, as you said like, you know, my my thing is we heard so much about JT Miller going up to the trade deadline. This trade that trade. They didn't pull a thing. They re-signed him. I have no problem with them re-signing him. He hasn't played all that well this year, whatever, but you can't let agents Make D- deals. Dictate. Yeah, I think the exactly. reason that they, I think the reason they they that they signed uh, uh, Miller when they did was uh, his agent had said, "Look, we're not gonna." There had been no negotiation. Uh, his agent says, "We're not gonna negotiate during the season." And coincidentally, several days later, they had a deal done. Now yeah. they're not even talking. Allegedly, not even talking with Bo's representatives. Are they gonna move Bo? I don't know. People keep saying, "Well, I think a deal will get done." Well, yeah, you can't you can't do a deal unless you clear up salary. Well, also both them. sides have to you have to communicate to get a deal yeah, done. Yeah, I, I think what you, a deal that you could have signed in the off season, you can't sign it with the way both playing right now. He's going to ask for more, and he already knows that you don't want him here. So he goes on the open market; he's going to get more than Absolutely he gets. Absolutely, it is. So. It's going to happen. I think I, I think there's no doubt in my mind they'll move him. It's just a lack of. Communi- well, that's 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 why my point lack was of with communication the, with agents. That's the, the that's the point with the Besser situation is that they're not handling it right, in my opinion. I mean, maybe they got some magic ball. They've done it long more. They've done it for I don't know how many years. Twenty years, you're saying he's done that stuff. So maybe he knows what he's doing. But anyway, that's the end of our podcast today. Hopefully, you guys will subscribe and like our videos here. If you do, leave some comments down. Leave some comments and some questions, and uh, we hope that this... And hopefully we haven't pissed you off. Uh, Well, yeah, I I like to poke the bear. Um, Hopefully this will be successful enough, and there'll be episode two. All right. Bye.